find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, 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 what up, y'all? You are listening to a President's Day edition of Behind the Baller podcast. Uh, we are coming to you live from San Francisco. Yes, indeed. It is a probably slightly different intro than you're used to. Um, as most of you know, your boy has been going through a tough time. And uh, I won't necessarily discuss too much of it. Um, or any of it, tell you the truth, on the show. But you are listening to the world-famous Behind the Baller podcast. This is episode 346. Today is a holiday, and this show must go on. This show is brought to you by the world-famous Dust Brothers Productions. That's Miles Davis and Jordan Winter. I am your host, the only host of the show, Ben Baller, a.k.a. The Wash Lord, a.k.a. The Korean John Cusack. It is a Monday. The kids are off. And let's get this motherfucking show started. I am going to be pretty much out of town for the next five weeks. Uh, Not really around um, like I usually am. I got a lot on my plate going on and a lot of changes going on, but we will talk about everything that pertains to, you know, the regular shit in my life and things like that and make sure you guys still get the free game and all the other things like that. We got fan questions this episode. We got a lot of stuff going on, man. You know what I mean? It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a long show today, guys. All right. So you got Lakey Lake in the background. We got the theme song. We got shit popping. I have uh, thought about different things. Like I said, I want to add certain things to the show I want to you know we're doing fan questions which we do and it's good because some people want to get insight and um that's if your show gets featured I mean your question gets featured on the show and um I thought about it I was like you know what aside from fan questions I think it'd be interesting to get a listener subscriber whatever on the show to ask for life career business advice and you know it's crazy I, I probably give better advice than than live it sometimes um, when it comes to life sometimes, but business-wise, no, it just doesn't. And I, I thought about just behavior, um, my behavior over the years and things that I've done and things that I've changed, right? And um, I'm happy at who I am today. I might be unhappy with some of the decisions I've made, and I think that's just part of life, you know? Um, and I do think that where I'm at right now I realize revenge, doing certain things out of spite, being petty, it it just is something that shouldn't be in the repertoire. I think I have too much to be blessed about. And uh, one thing that just really hit me real hard was, I tweeted about it, I said, you don't need to dim someone else's light to shine or to highlight your own wins. You know what I mean? And I attended this seminar this weekend and um, in Arizona, you just hear like Tim Tebow speaking about it. It's like everyone's in competition, but we're not against each other. It's a beautiful saying, you know, it, it, it just was. And um, 
one thing that is really important is who you are as a person, what you allow to happen, you know, and again, some people need to have a job. They need to be, you know, a certain place to pay bills. They have responsibilities. They have children. They have whatever it may be. And maybe their boss talks them crazy. Maybe their partner talks them crazy, right? And not saying it's right. Um, some things, you know, life goes ups and downs. There, there's, there's peaks and valleys, ebbs and flows, all that shit. But in general, business, friendships, relationships, whatever, you can't let people, you know, get away with disrespecting you right? You can't keep letting shit slide. And it's as simple as if you don't fix a leak, pretty soon the flood's going to happen, right? And I also say, during your worst times, you will get to see the true colors of the people who say they care about you. You know, let that marinate for a little bit. Now, I set more time aside for my kids this week to help my wife out because she's been very overwhelmed with a lot of things. And um, I did something I haven't done in a while since the kids were younger. And I, I do take the kids to school and pick them up every so often. Very not often enough. You know, my wife wakes up. She is um, making their breakfast, getting uh, their uniforms ready, whatever. And then, you know, I'll get their shoes set up, whatever. And then... Uh, very rarely I might take them to school more than often I pick them up. And it's something that is cause, you know, a little bit of, not havoc, but, you know, it's the, I make the money, I'm the breadwinner, I got shit on my mind and I got to get ready for golf or something. And it's been a terrible, terrible fucking just awful behavior on my part. And um, I decided to try to, you know, alleviate my wife of some duties and dropped them off, picked them up almost every day this week, this past week. And my kids never ask for help with homework and things like that. You know, I help them here and there. My wife does mostly that. And they also have an after-school product working out with the tutor sometimes. And I think um, my son, uh, London, was asking me about a math issue with this uh, problem with his homework. And I thought back and I was like, Fucking math was like my specialty, something I've always good at. And there's a problem and it came with GCF, right? Greatest common factor. I have not heard that term in 40 plus years, right? I don't even remember using the, the GCF. And I got a 700 on my math portion of my SAT. This is when the score was 1600. I think it's back to 1600, but if for those of you who are adults and stuff and took a SAT test, you know, it's fucking tough, right? And so I helped my wife out with that, just being more present with the kids and not just being on the phone, do certain things. And I think pivoting into a different career has definitely caused a lot of stress. I don't think my wife was really, I, I wish I would have shared with her a little bit more about the major changes of giving up a comfortable six-figure salary a month to pursue my livelihood in golf. It may sound crazy, but, you know, um, most of my funds have been tied up. I should say, you know, pretty much everything is, is gone into my kids' trust. So, you know, I've set that up for them, which I don't touch. 
And um, most of my life is kind of free, you know, except for gas and the basic utilities and things like that. Other than that, everything else is kind of taken care of. You know, um, I'm sponsored by so many different things. And a lot of these things are not necessarily for money. You know, it's, it's for equipment, for trips and things like that. So it's not like there's any monetary value where someone can just go and be like, grab this. And it's it's like planting seeds. And I've been planting, you know, a garden and planting fucking a fucking full cultivation of things, right? It's just not cannabis. It's like, it's like my golf career. And, um, you know, helping my wife out. In the middle of uh, one of the nights before um, I left for Arizona, you know, you got Ryder doing one thing. You got Kaya's done her homework already. She's trying to bother the boys because she wants to play. You know, you got London who's stressed out because he missed three days of school because he was sick. And uh, Ryder gave some M&Ms from Valentine's Day. And um, all the kids in London's class know that he cannot have any chocolate. Or if there's even been a chocolate that's been possibly made in the area that had nuts you know, and so he had um, M&M's and he had a small little mini bag. And what happened was he got a severe reaction to it. His face started getting hives. His hands started getting hives. So we had to give him some Benadryl. Benadryl, when you still got three hours of homework left, will drive you crazy. And he's stressed out because he wants to play. He wants to do certain things. And all that going on while dinner, trying to figure that out, it was a lot. And that's just one time. I and mean, that's not like a, a common thing, but... You know, I can see my wife is just like, all right, you deal with it this time. And and I did. And and I I slightly broke down because I thought about maybe for two or three years, this has gone on to a certain extent to where I'm there to take them to places, I'm there to take care of them, I'm there to find out, but it's not enough when, you know, your wife might not have somebody to feel like, you know, there's a true companion around, right? And I and I broke down and and Listen, I've had a few somewhat close friends die. I don't think I shed a tear. I didn't shed a tear because I'm a cold-hearted motherfucker. I didn't shed a tear because I've been so numb with an overwhelming amount of death in my life and uh, other things. And I broke down and then um, I cried. I, I felt bad. You know, there might have been things that I've said and been like, look, man, you know, to be a mom it's tough. I could never replace what you do. But at the same time, like to make millions of dollars and hold on a family, the level of stress that goes on, it's a different thing, but it's again, apples and oranges. But to say something hurtful to your partner because of that is a big no-no. And I also think that, um, you know, communication is obviously important. And I think that I've been so consumed with this new journey that I lost sight with so many other things. And uh, I felt bad. And I really do think that it's too late for all this now. But, you know, you do two kids, you know, you got a lot on your plate, right? You Three kids, you're outnumbered. And um, we do get a lot of help from my in-laws and, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's a lot on the household. And that's just not going to happen again. So I decided to take some time off so I can make sure that, you know, um, I'm more present as the kids are speaking. And I think that my plan of doing this golf stuff and everything else was more so that I could spend more time with the kids and the family, even though we, you know, during the pandemic, it's like 
we're at home. So we're all chilling. We're all eating at the same time. We're all eating lunch at the same time, dinner. We go in the RV, we do certain things. And I was able to, you know, through investments and other stuff, you know, just be able to do that. But in the last, let's see, August, September, October, November, December, January. So in the last seven, eight months, I have literally just been on this golf grind. And it's a lot because, you know, um, I'm really independent. I don't have a ton of friends. I have enough conversation more than I need to amongst my attorney, my my agent, my fucking manager, other people I work with, sponsors, things like that. So, you know, it's tough because I've always been an independent person and my wife has always had a crew of friends and certain things and I've always lived in different lives. So I, I feel really bad about what's going on and that to add on what's going on in my life already has put me in a really interesting place and it's real tough, you know, but I had commitments I need to fulfill because people have paid, you know, things for services and things like that. So, you know, I think one thing I take out of this is, and it's not necessarily correlated with, there's any correlation with, with what's going on with uh, me being, you know, too busy, is a lot of times when you do have a group of friends and you might be the outspoken one or you might be the one that's living a better life in general in certain things, you know, having yes men or yes women or yes friends in your circle is really fucking dangerous. It is extremely dangerous. Now, sometimes you just want a friend, you know, to listen. You just want their ear. And, and I get that. Sometimes people think it's just good to get it out. That's cool. Where the problem lies is when you have a shoulder to cry on, you tell your story and you're hoping that person agrees with you. Sometimes they don't need to, some people don't. The problem is when you're wrong and you don't see it and you have a yes friend who will just agree because, you know what I mean, they just want to make you happy. Not realizing at that point, that might be the wrong decision. And that might actually set them up for failure. And you're going to believe your friends, you're going to trust it because you need as many yeses or so much confidence to build up to make a certain decision. And that's why I think me being independent has been so important. And I do think whether I don't like somebody, I've said this before, whether Donald Trump says something right, if he says two plus two equals four, I'm not going to be like, well, no, it's three plus one or whatever. I'm not going to argue with shit like that. that that's just been me. There could be somebody I obviously don't get along with or whatever it may be. If I'm doing something wrong, I'd want my friends to call it out. They're like, yo, well, you can't cheat because you don't like this motherfucker. Be like, yeah, fuck him. No, no, that's, that ain't right. I don't live by that creed. And I think that's really important during, you know, times of trouble, whatever. And I think that um, it's really important that you call your homies out on shit might be wrong times, when, but when is it be the right time? But I just think it's really, really, really important. All right. But I want to get that out the way. Um, so I went to Arizona this weekend, but I did play some golf. I did play golf this week. Played decent as fuck. Getting ready for the Wash Lord Invitational, which is nine weeks away. I'll talk a little bit more about it um, after the fan questions and, and the outro and stuff. But when I had Meet the Carlins on the show, this is a business podcast. I wasn't exactly thrilled to have them as guests. And for business-sponsored episodes, they're expensive. 
very expensive to get on this show. There's a screening process. If you want to be on the show, whether you have a business or certain things, you want to get exposure for them, it paid off. And I ended up falling in love with these guys and had no idea, no expectations of what to, you know, what the future would hold, but they seem really cool. They have been married for many years. They have never spent more than two days apart from each other. They got a great thing going on. I salute fucking David and Patricia Carlin. And they flew me out to a seminar and a power summit that they're having for their company deposit. And they do credit card processing. And these guys really have shit locked down. And I think that the uh, billionaires or a billion dollar you know, um, future for them is, is very likely. And so they brought out all types of people. Last year, they had Rick Ross speak. This year, they had Tim Tebow, me, um, this guy, Harvey Mackey, um, this um, other guy named Joseph who made like $11, $12 million off of investments, and a couple other really, my boy Dan Fleischman, who's a you know, serial entrepreneur. And it was just a great thing. And it was in Arizona, it was in Phoenix, and, and there was a couple different events. And it was a two-day event, 400, 500 people from all over North America. And it was an amazing event. And before I spoke, I had no idea what I was going to speak about. I was just going to kind of just talk about my story and how I became successful. This 91 or 92-year-old man named Harvey Mackey, um, he's the number one networking person in the world. Now, what I mean is he is obviously like a motivational speaker, but he's a businessman and he connects with the most powerful people in the world. He has every single world leader on speed dial from, you know, you name it, the Dalai Lama, Nelson Mandela to the last 20 presidents, you know, or like the last at least 10 presidents he has been in contact with and political people, very powerful people. And he spoke for like an hour, hour and a half. And um, I heard a bit of it. It's very sharp, very good smart guy, successful, and it's crazy. 92, strong handshake, drinks Diet Cokes, has Jello. That was in his writers, in his writer, by the way. Jello and a handshake. And like me, it's like, all right, you know, let me get a club sandwich. Let me make sure there's a certain kind of chips on there. I feel like there's a great opportunity to make a shit ton of money with these guys. And they, they flew me on a jet, you know, um, put me up in a five-star hotel, put me in the Fairmont, offered to take care of around at TPC Scottsdale at the Champions Course and all that good shit, you know, and it was just an amazing thing. And, and um, Dave Carlin interviewed me. He asked me like five questions. These questions took about 15 to 20 minutes. So I spoke for about an hour and it was crazy. 400 of the most random people from like 19, 20-year-olds, 26-year-olds, a majority of them were probably between 32 and 45 and there's some 50 year olds maybe here and there white black latino asian and just from all over i mean literally idaho utah texas everywhere and they're all people who have credit card processing businesses through uh the meet the carlin's network and deposit and all that stuff and it was just a great event and then i spoke told my story was very candid was very real was very genuine had no idea what he'd ask me i talked about my past i talked about what I thought, you know, it could work for them. Gave some motivational free game. And um, when I finished, the entire room stood up. And I'm talking full-blown standing ovation. And it fucked me up. Like, I really was like, 
I pumped him up and it was nuts. It was, it was fucking crazy. Met this dude, Joseph, who is from Canada and like Arizona and like different areas, moved around and he did some investment thing where he made about $11 million in like a very short amount of time. And I mean, short amount of time, like months, if that. And then he moved to Miami. He was a pastor, super cool guy. I could never see myself being just uh, like me and him have anything in common. We talk, we chill, we... 35 minute drive to the dinner together and it was like a great connect with this dude and then we had a second event where we met up at the um, improv in Tempe and Damon Wayans Jr. performed stand-up and it was cool you know it was weird because we have my ex-girlfriend and him were close friends they went to high school together and I know his uncles I know his dad slightly you know and it was pretty funny it was cool but overall, AZ for a 26, 27-hour trip, it was lit. I felt like I did everything. I went to fucking Tempe. I went to uh, Phoenix. I was in fucking Scottsdale. I was all over the place. I had a subscriber meetup with my Twitter, Instagram subscribers. Um, gave each one of them a purple 42, you know, to 42 um, Ben Baller Chrome, which is friends and family only. And um, it was lit. It was a really good breakfast. We went to this place called Butterfield's Pancake House. Breakfast was good. Everyone was really cool. It ended up being a two-hour breakfast. It was longer than I thought. And the fucked up part about it was I had food poisoning from eating something, and I can't figure out what it was. It wasn't just bad food. I think it was undercooked. And I got a really bad anxiety attack on the way back to my hotel. But the subscriber meetup was great. And these dudes were like, one dude was an agent for Young Money for the sports agency. Another dude is, you know, motivational speaker. Dorian, a super cool guy. And everyone else, one dude owns a Filipino restaurant. And it was just a bunch of, it was a great group of guys. And it was just really cool. And I can't wait to do it again in a different city. But, um, you know, I came home and then just was, I, I just was missing my family a lot. And I had a great fucking time with my family this weekend. You know, we went to uh, the City Walk got some Johnny Rockets, went to Sparky's Donuts where they get these amazing fucking donuts that are fresh to order, uh, got our, our ice cream, walked around, bought some souvenirs, bought some toys and just vibed out, played some video games. We went to fucking Chuck E. Cheese this weekend for a birthday party. It was just a, a great time. You know what I mean? Like I um, really have just found a newfound focus for my family and can't focus on too much else. It's kind of crazy, man. I wasn't really on social media this weekend like that. Like I throw on something up on there, but I'm not like sitting there liking on pictures and comments and shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, also went to PSA this week. It's really cool. Got 28 cards graded and I was able to get expedited service because I have a partnership with PSA and it was dope. It was fucking amazing to get my 2022 Chrome. At this point now, a majority of people have received their 2022 Chrome, which is already sold out, sold out super fast. And people are pulling fucking crazy hits. Breaks are pulling all over the place. And guys, finally, after opening a case and a half, I fucking pulled my Ben Baller Auto. Now, it wasn't, you know, um, the auto, and there's no green and there's no blue autos, but there's, you know, there's the 50, there's the 25. I don't believe we did a chartreuse. There's a 10, a five, and a one-on-one superfractor. I would love to pull a five or a 25 or a 10, but I pulled the 50, I pulled a uh, number 20 and 50. It is fucking beautiful. The corners are great. I showed PSA, it looks like a 10. Edges are great, back's great, everything. But I have a special announcement. Baller Breaks is this Wednesday, 
the 22nd. Starts at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We are going live from Universal City. It is going to be fucking lit. We are going to break a case of Ben Chrome, hoping to pull J-Rod autos, everything. I've pulled so much different crazy shit. I've seen some of the most insane breaks. The quality of this year is so amazing. There have been some fuck-ups here and there, but at the end of the day, if your pack or your box comes up fucked up, guess what? Write a letter, print it out, put it in a box, show the fucking proof, and send it to Tops. There's an address where you can do it, and they'll fucking give you a new box. I've done it before. But overall, the quality is phenomenal. Rookie class, phenomenal. The different things on there are great. I've had all these pro players, Hunter Green, Bobby Witt, fucking um, another guy, fuck, I forgot his name, but a few other pros hitting me up, friends and family, and I, I can't wait to hook them up. But Brawler Breaks this Wednesday, guys. By the way, guys, we are going to have PSA there live doing, you can do submissions right there on the spot. It's going to be fucking amazing, all right? It's fucking awesome. I cannot wait to uh, do baller breaks in front of you guys. Again, only on the network app. is going to be amazing. Real quick before we go into commercial break and into fan questions, Elon Musk has fucked Twitter up. There's no need to go specifically into it. The overall point is, if this was four quarters of a game, we lost. Twitter lost. He's fucked Twitter up. The algorithm's fucked up. The system's fucked up. It's just weird. You see like five people on your timeline that you want to see. It just really is fucked up. It's sad. Twitter is really in shambles and it's fucking pathetic. And uh, I don't even know what else to say. And by the way, Instagram, Mark Zuckerberg just said that Facebook is going to allow you to pay for a blue check. Don't follow Elon shit. This is so fucking lame. And Elon's charging for two-factor authentication. Yo, what the fuck is going on with social media? Like, we got to stop this shit. It's terrible. All right? Guys, don't forget, brand new episode of Part 3 drops this Wednesday. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can always check out our YouTube channel while it's still free. Because I do believe that a network's going to pick up the show. I have been getting nothing but the most amazing feedback on the show. Thank you so much. It's been fucking amazing to record. Guys, we're going to take a break. Anytime you hear that lakey lake in the background, that means we will be right back. Let's pay some bills. All right. The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions. So think about that. If you think you're only subscribed to a handful of services, you might want to double check. With Rocket Money, you can quickly identify and cancel all your unwanted subscriptions. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of the people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just one show on or that free trial that you never even used simply find a subscription you don't want and press cancel and rocket money will cancel it for you no more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth rocket money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of the button over 3 million people have used rocket money saving the average person up to 720 dollars a year I use Rocket Money to cancel unwanted subscriptions and to track my finances. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com baller. 
That's rocketmoney.com slash baller. Once again, rocketmoney.com slash baller. What's up, guys? You are listening to the world-famous BTB podcast. This is the section that we try to do every month. Sometimes it ends up being every five weeks, six weeks. Sometimes it's every two months. And um, we're not in a weird place. We're just driving. You know what I'm saying? We're cruising right now. BTB is cruising. So I'm going to get into these fan questions, fam questions, same thing, fan, fam. And there was 46 questions. That would take probably two to three hours. So I had to narrow it down to like 12. Uh, I might add one or two, but uh, it's, you know, we're at one week, one episode a week right now and it could get long. So let's power through these real quick, guys. Uh, First question comes from Marcus Thompson, writes, Dear Ben Baller, I'm currently developing a clothing brand called Retrograde Clothing. Our idea is to have the purpose of not just any clothing brand, but to touch pretty much all realms of business, restaurants, clubs, bars, a podcast, a boy and girls type club infrastructure, etc. Our clothing brand is just the tip of the iceberg. My question to you is, what do you believe separates other businesses in your opinion? What puts Nike, Sony, Kith, Coca-Cola, etc. apart from the rest of the group's suggestions that you have for retrograde clothing? Marcus, I don't have a lot of suggestions other than having fresh, simple designs. A clothing brand is something that goes far beyond t-shirts and hoodies and hats. Um, Technically, yes, that's a clothing brand, but then when you get into cut and sew, to me is when you have a full service, full circle brand like LRG or like um, Kith or, you know, Supreme or something like that or Polo, um, Nike, all that. What separates Nike from, let's say, Eco or is it Echo? I'm not really sure. E-C-C-O or what does it separate from Hoka? Is that the company? H-O-K. I've been seeing that a lot with like jogging and comfortable brands and stuff. Nike's been around forever. That check that swoosh, that logo itself, you can put that on fucking slippers. It doesn't matter what they put it on. That brand is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Nobody gives a fuck about Chinese sweatshops or whatever the fuck they try to put out there. It's there. At the end of the day, people want to wear it. They associate that brand with you know, success, Michael Jordan, Drake, whatever the fuck it is. It is just a staple at this point. Sony, you want to put Sony against Vizio? Some people just have shit around and don't give a fuck. It's backyard, it's barbecue, whatever. It's in your RV. You know, some people may be able to afford a Sony television. But when they get the money and they care, they're going to want Sony in their house instead of having a Vizio. Even though Vizio actually does have great quality. Okay. Kith. Kith has been around for a decent amount of time. I've known Ronnie for 20 years. Ronnie's had uh, great success with designs. He's had you know, again, also a very strong financial backing and he's had a good team, good marketing. Me personally, I'm not a huge fan of Kith. It's a cool brand. Does it, you know, blow me away? It, not really. You know, and I'm not dissing Ronnie. He's, he's, he's been, he doesn't need me to, to help him out. He's fine. Me personally, you know what I'm saying? Um, if it came down to Kith or Supreme, I'd probably rock with Supreme. If it came down to Kith and Bathing Ape, probably go with Bathing Ape. Just off aesthetic alone. But I'm not mad at what he did. You know, he, he's killed it. He's done well. It's a billion dollar company now. 
Coca-Cola. I mean, come on, man. It's, <laughs> you're talking again about a brand that's a hundred something years old compared to like something like, let's say Prime or whatever the fuck it may be. It could be anything new. Even Red Bull. And Red Bull has come a very long way. I remember Red Bull was around. They weren't that big of a company. And it's an energy drink. It's different. It's totally two different things. What separates, you know, you retrograde clothing right there. To be honest with you, you say it's just the tip of the iceberg. You want to do more than that. You've already limited yourself by putting the word clothing into the brand name. If you want me to be honest, just being truth, just totally truthful. Uh, retrograde, you know, maybe you change it to RG or maybe you call it retrograde, but you use the logo. You make a logo and the logo, people associate themselves with the logo and it's retrograde. Okay, cool. You know, I really don't have another too many ideas because this is free, too much free game in a certain way, right? You might have to pay me, but really depends on all the designs you put out, right? If you want to be someone like True Classic where you're making Blake's or like LA Apparel, which used to be American Apparel, different story, Chaka, you know, AAA, Gildan. It really depends on what you're trying to do. And to set yourself apart, you know, back in the day, there was a brand called Pink Dolphin about 10 plus years ago. Don't think they're around anymore. They were able to get their clothing brand mentioned in songs. They had celebrity marketing. I mean, doesn't nothing like, like celebrity marketing. Can you pay for it? Can you get it organically? Just depends, man. If you got something really cool that's going, you know, that's going on, it's like there's so many fucking brands out there. What sets yourself apart? That's the answer. Now, it's catching somebody's eyeball, right? whether it be through a celebrity, whether it be something viral, whatever it may be, it's you, you got to figure that out. I figured it out, but at the same time, that doesn't mean it's always going to work, right? But that's a good question, Marcus. Good question to start off the show with. Uh, Nicasio Torres writes, my name is Nicasio from Phoenix AZ. Question one, I ran into Jasmine Bedar in Scottsdale Super Bowl weekend. He's such a cool dude. I've also mentioned you and I said I was a fan. How did you and him become friends? And do you plan on doing any special events with him in Vegas next year? Being at Super will be there. I met Jasmine Midar through Rob Kardashian. Me and Rob obviously been friends for over a decade, well over a decade, probably we're at 15 plus years now. And Rob did a couple appearances in Detroit. And Jasmine is from Detroit and he used to run the club scene in Detroit, Michigan. Yes, the D. And we've done parties together. We've done events. Takes care of me. Obviously, he's, you know, head of Wind uh, Nightlife Entertainment. And um, his boss, Ryan, is a good friend of mine. Ryan takes care of me when I go to the Wind. Wind is pretty much the only place I will even consider staying at when I stay in Las Vegas. These are good people. I wish I could be in Vegas a lot more. I think when the weather gets a little better, I'll probably be out there more golfing. And there's good people. Uh, as far as special events next year in Vegas, I really can't call it. I mean, I want to say yes, but right now, my mind is just in a different fucking place, man. I'll let you get the second question because you are a super follower. But uh, question two, do you plan on partnering with a golf brand to put on your own divot ball marker tool? Let us see that with the Ben Baller brand. I do have a tailor-made divot tool, but I don't know if it's going to come to light just for the simple fact that I found this company, Birdie Corn. And Birdie Corn has come with a fucking amazing divot tool, bottle opener, ball marker, um, an actual putting ball marker where you can actually mark your ball 
with the Sharpie. You know what I'm saying? It's just like a fucking four or five in one tool. It's incredible. And uh, it's gold. And we'll be giving them out to anybody who is participating and playing in the Washlord Invitational, which is April 24th. Obviously, there are no spaces available. And we'll probably be doing one again towards the end of the year. Uh, Tim Agapin writes, Hey, Ben, big fan of yours. I'm 26 years old. I've been feeling a little bit lost in life. Uh, welcome to the club. So I wanted to ask, how did you keep your mindset focused on the bright future ahead of you during your big setbacks? More often than not, I find myself deep in thought about what if things don't work out and what happens like if I, like, like I wanted and to try to switch that kind of thinking off. But it seems to pop in my mind so often. Thanks for the advice and many blessings to you and your family. Tim, I am in that place right now. I am super deep in thought. I am super in uncertainty. And that has been my life. Um, I have a little bit of an advantage because obviously I've had success and that my name brand does, you know, bring quality items, whether it be a collaboration, whether it be something I do through my Ben Baller brand through network. It just depends on what it is. But there are uncertainties in life and that's the problem. Between the ages around 22 to 28 is when you have the most stomach aches, the most anxiety attacks, because you're so unsure of what the future brings. And I think you're going to have to figure out a way to either gamble or play it safe. It's like golf. You're going to go for the pin or you're going to lay up and know that you could get a better shot on your second shot. Maybe not make the GIR, push or make the up and down. That's the important thing right there at that point. So, you know, the mindset's got to be strong. If you're scared, go home, bro. If you're scared, go to bed, you know. If you out, you outside, bro, you got to really just kind of power through it. And I'm at a point now, oh shit, what's the next big move, right? I had a good two years, maybe three, where I had the cow at home. I didn't have to milk it. I mean, I'd have to go to the store to buy milk, right? Milk was there. And a couple things I've taken for granted, this late in life, have slowly slipped you know, I have a grip on them, but it's like, fuck, you know, I always think about that shit where, you know, you're watching these dumb motherfuckers trying to do viral moments and they're like holding on a rock just to get a picture. And it's just like something about one thing about me is I truly feel like your true core and real strength sometimes doesn't need to be bench pressing, dumbbell flies, free weights. You see motherfuckers in New York or at Venice Beach and they'll do pull-ups and that's the real test of strength. And I've never been good at pull-ups like that and everything, just doing a bunch of dips and just doing shit where you carry your weight and do all that stuff. That's different level of strength. Can you still get muscles with that? Yeah, of course you could. There's a lot of shit you could do. But what I mean is when you build your core and that could be mentally everything, man, it's amazing what the mind does when you got a positive mindset. You know, and again, you gotta either shoot and pull the fucking trigger, right? And find out where that bullet hits or you got to just fucking, you know, that's it. You got to get up off the motherfucking pot, bro. It's, I'm really being serious right now when I say this. You have to be, shit, man, you got to take initiative. It's imperative for growth and you'll learn from the mistakes. Like again, if you don't take no shots, fuck you going to do. You know what I'm saying? If you put in the ball and you leave it short, guess what? It never had a chance. Thanks, Tim.
Alex Kowalski writes, first, I'd like to congratulate and acknowledge how sick it is that my two favorite worlds are coming binding. You're one of the pioneers right now. So thank you for pushing the agenda. Top tier question. If you could describe the obsession of playing to your girl or something like that, doesn't that someone that doesn't understand about that one pure shot that keeps coming back, what word would you use to make it more relatable and more comprehensive? Thank you again for a huge fan, huge golf enthusiast, designer, entrepreneur in the making, and someone who's constantly trying to gravitate to the next level and open new doors. And he said some other stuff. Listen, Alexander, my wife doesn't understand. When I tell my wife that this last year my income has dropped because of my investment in golf, and we had to sit down and talk about it. And when she found out that I'm really pursuing this, not only because I love it, but because I do see money there. And it's not that I'm doing it for love. I'm doing it for money. It's it's the fact that I believe in it. The best way to describe it to her is, look what it's done to my mental. Look what it's done to me as a man, right? I don't come home after a bad round. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Where's dinner? Why the fuck is this, this, and this? I am busier. So I am short with people in general. But as far as my overall well-being, it's in a much better place. When I say I'm the best person and best version of me, I got friends that might have known me for 25 years. And they're like, man, you ain't never changed. But you definitely 100% evolved and you're the best version of you I've ever seen as far as a father and everything else. And you know, some people may not understand that because they don't go outside enough and see certain things. But golf is life. It is really a test of, you know, integrity. Golf can make good people do stupid shit. It can make people lie, make people do certain things. And again, it's a gentleman's game. And if you're a real true gentleman, it's not just that one great shot. It's the fact that you can never perfect it. And you're going to keep chasing greatness. And you'll always be competitive because you'll never give that up. And then there's people who are content. Maybe the people who make 40 to 80 grand a year, whatever. And they're like, listen, I live in fucking Idaho. And I don't need much. Cool. This is what I'm happy with. Boom. Hey, good for you. You cool shooting 110? I'm not mad at you. But that's not me. So again, chasing greatness. A lot of parallels in life and golf. And, you know, shit. <laughs> Is there any more to, to explain? Uh, that seems like plenty to me. Thanks, Alex. Anniversary gift ideas. Question asked by John Kellum. What's up, OG? This is JK3 representing Jacksonville, Florida. Duval. Happy upcoming anniversary to you and Nicolette. My wife and I share the same wedding date anniversary as y'all. I've been married for six years now. My question is, how do you continue to level up and celebrate anniversaries each year? How do you keep them special and memorable? Appreciate your advice. If you ever make it to Jack's, let's get some golf in. You should definitely make it here for the Players' Championship at Sawgrass. You know what's so crazy, John? I'm just seeing this question today. And if I screenshot my Google Maps, I was checking to see how far TPC Sawgrass was from JAX Airport. And it's 44 minutes. And I was like, damn, I got to come out there for the Players' Championship. You know what I'm saying? Because the entire month of March... I'm just not around. 
So as much as I do want to come around for the Players' Championship, I saw that. I was thinking like, damn, should I get out there for a day or two? I can't, won't be around. Now, as far as uh, anniversary, congrats to you and your wife. You know what? It's it's an interesting year this year with uh, Nicolette. Um, she hates when I talk about her. And I also think that uh, it's interesting. When you think about a woman, with me, I never worried about turning 40. I embraced it. I took it down, right? 40 was the new 30, 40 was the new 20, whatever the fuck you want to call it. 50 was a 40 to me, I feel like, right? I feel 50. I mean, I am 50. I feel 40, but I also feel 60 sometimes, right? Just because of the experience. But Nick is turning 40 in uh, less than two months, and I think it's affecting her quite a bit. That's real deep and personal, but I'll be honest with you, she's I think I know a few people, girls especially, it, they go through this midlife crisis right around that age and they don't realize it. No matter how smart they are, how good they are, how whatever, it's a really tough place in general. And to be completely transparent and honest, we haven't even had this conversation because I don't think she's even ready for it. I just know what's going on because I've seen it. And not only have I seen it, I have a good friend of mine who's married to a girl who is three days older than Nicolette. So she's an Aries and she's born the same year and she's been going through a really weird time and they're having some struggles and shit. So for our anniversary, we uh, planned to go to Napa for three days and then something came up and I let her make the decision. So I will be with the family and we'll be in the Bay Area, but... Yeah, it's a weird thing. I don't know. It's it's 11 years is a very long time. Married 13 years together. Our anniversary of the wedding, it happens to be the anniversary of us, you know, um, officially dating. And um, it's just been a, a weird time. Now, as far as gifts, that's another weird thing because I think early on, not really the honeymoon stage, but I would get Nick, you know, whatever, whether it be a bag or something she wanted, um, I gave her the G63, you know, and that was sort of like a Valentine's anniversary gift. You know, there's little things here and there that she likes, um, you know, whether it be AirPod Maxes or, you know, some yoga gear that she could work out and she's obsessed with going to work out and stuff and like little things like that, just thoughtful items that she could use on a regular basis. But, you know, every so often I'll drop, you know, a gift card somewhere that she likes or whatever. And even though, you know, there are items, but I don't think you go crazier and crazier every year. I think that the vacations mean more. I think the time means more. So that's where, you know, I think that, and again, you did say celebrate anniversaries. You know, I think going to certain places, having this Europe trip that we got this year, it'd be the first time we go as a family um, to Europe. She was been in Europe three or four times in the last couple, you know, she's been like five times in the last few years and I haven't been in a while. And then um, my kids have never been. Actually, I'm sorry. Fuck, I was in London just not that long ago. Anyways, all of us are going. And, um, you know, it's like a 100K trip. You know what I'm saying? It's not really like it's some small thing. So there's a lot of shit that we think about. But again, I think the time, I think the dinners, I think the dates. And again, that means a lot to, to some other people. I think some people maybe might not be able to go to a dinner date as often anymore because maybe they're saving for a house, maybe they're doing several different things. I myself fall victim of that and assume and take shit for granted. So that's a bad thing. Don't be like me. 
you know? And again, of course, you know, if you really think of the grand scheme of things, you're like, well, look, man, we eat, we're, we're clothed, we're living in a nice house and whatever. You know, I just think if you can kind of keep the shit to the minimal, not minimal, but I mean like the minimum of the weekly things y'all can do, or at least get out of the house once a month for a date or something. I don't know if you got, got kids or whatever. And then on the anniversaries, make them really special. It does make it special. I think the fact that we do a lot of cool shit all year round, it's hard to top that. And I don't know if I have the creativity anymore because I'm so fucking exhausted with pivoting my life into something else. But that's what it is, man. It's crazy. All right, brother. Joseph uh, Real Fear writes, what's up, man? I remember meeting you way back to my homegirl, Jerry Lee, when you guys were, um, when you were still dating Sasha. Funny. I remember being at the club with y'all. Crazy times. Anyways, glad to see you doing big things. My question is, whatever happened to VVS pants? I heard something went sour on the deal, but can you speak on it? I had a few. Uh, stay safe and stay um, blessed on the green. Joe Rio from Glendale. Maybe you're a new listener, but definitely during the pandemic, I have talked about this. VVS pens, basically, we were making, you know, using the C cell technology, was, you know, based out of Taiwan. C cell was, you know, basically shipping, you know, we ship, you know, they're super busy. And we had a million pens stuck at, at customs. When the pens were released from customs, that would probably take, you know, three months maybe to move a million, million pens maybe longer distribution ship, they were gone instantly. And at that point, we couldn't get pens again for months and months. And pretty much, it's VVS pens. You know, I know you'd be like, oh, fuck it, we're gonna, we're gonna be resilient, we're gonna change. Bro, it was the fucking pandemic. You know what I mean? We're on lockdown. We're on quarantine. There was people who had clothes. My boys had, some of my boys, several different companies, different brands, had pallets of clothing stuck at the, you know, San Pedro Bay Harbor, LAX, Long Beach, all the fucking docks backed up. Motherfuckers ain't get shit. People are stealing shit, all kinds of stuff. There was pretty much at that point was, it was a wrap. There's nothing we could do. And that was why I kind of went so hard with Ben Ball did the strain. So that was RIP probably right around August of 2020. Anyways, appreciate it, man. Question from a 17-year-old from Australia. Hey, Ben, I just wanted to say major love from Australia. Thank you for the free game. You get me through countless shifts at my grocery store job. I know you advise not to go in the fashion industry, but it's something I'm really passionate about. Even though I'm 17, I feel like I am behind. I see kids my age on social media with established clothing brands and new innovative designs that are getting them noticed within this space. Whenever I create something, I have major imposter syndrome and I feel like no one else will like it. Uh, let alone come up with something original. Do you have any advice to push through this specific period of my time in life? I know I need to stop being a little bitch, but I don't know where to begin the whole process. Also, would you ever do a BTB meet, fan meetup in Australia? I would love to come and talk to you in person. I'll be 18 then. Thank you, Ben. Hayden from Sydney, Australia. I hate to tell you, bro. I just sit up with the other guy. Yeah, dog. You need to figure out some shit. And if you got some money, you need to put some designs out there. You know? If it's just t-shirts and cool shit like that, or you could actually do maybe a jacket or something different, go ahead, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at Midnight Studios. You know, when ASAP Rocky got behind it. Just gotta kind of put out some shit. If you dress fresh and you got cool style, show your fits online. Show your fits on your page. Look, 
don't get caught up in that bullshit. You see kids 17 years old establish clothing brands. That's bullshit. There might be a couple people here and there. There's a lot of cap on the internet, bro. Post your fits. Start getting some traction. If people ain't feeling it, that doesn't mean you'll give up. But that might mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, you have to figure out where your audience is. Once you find your audience and you find that shit, you might be too ahead of your time. I don't know. You're a young kid. You got your life in front of you, bro. I'm not going to tell you not to go into fashion history. Something you want to do, go ahead and do it until you feel like you can't. All right, brother. And yeah, definitely I'll be doing a meetup in Australia when I get out there. I need advice from David Panagua or Paniagua. What's going on, man? My name is David P. Uh, really look up to you how to you carry yourself on Love the Podcast. I just want a settlement of $1 million. I'm in my late 20s and I really want to make this money grow. So my question is, what is the best place to invest this money? What would you advise me to do? Thank you. Dave, a million dollars at 27, 28, 29 is, is a good amount of money. It's a good chunk of change. Again, if you got the settlement, winning a settlement and collecting a settlement, two different things. Uh, make sure you have the money before you do anything. That's first and foremost. I'll be honest with you. Um, I've had several friends win settlements for 30 million, 60 million, 80,000, whatever, and half of them never collected. So you, you, you got to really think about, you know, you got to have the money in hand first. So don't start thinking about what you can do and what you can't do. I would focus on continue on your life until it happened and making sure you can get that bread. Now, let's say the money is in your hands. I do think interest rates are kind of up right now. Maybe when they get down a little bit, I wouldn't suggest going into Airbnbs, but if you don't have a place to live, it would be smart to maybe buy a you know, single family home. I would not suggest condos just because of HOAs and things like that and other stuff and other upkeep. And, you know, I mean, you're going you're gonna to be able to buy a, and sell a house quicker. If you told me what area you were in, in the world, it'd probably help a little bit more as well. But I do think that there are certain stocks and I do think if you get a, now look, this is probably one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life. I had found one of my most successful friends in life and I won't mention their name because of uh, their privacy and whatever, but they're always winning behind the scenes and everything. And I was like, yo, bro, what's really good, man? What are you doing? Like, how the fuck are you doing this? How are you buying this? And let me get in like, and I never say shit like that, but I saw they were moving a, a certain way and they told me they had a certain business manager. I asked that business manager to represent me and ever since then, that person's been making me money. So one of my biggest things is if you get a really good business manager, that person will put you in touch with something like, hey man, you could put 20 G's here into, you know, a small investment to a beard company. You know, oh, you could put, you know, 600K here into this hotel that we're making, boutique hotel for this. And they'll bring you certain investments. And that's what they do. And that's what good business managers do. All right, Dave, good luck with that, man. Tanya writes, fan question. I'm a longtime listener. Want to ask, what's a happy memory from your childhood that you would love to recreate with your kids? All my best, Tania um, or Tanya. Honestly, man, I think probably it's happened. You know, the RV trips that I did with my family, that was good. Getting on the road, listening to music. And um, that was a really good time when all we had was the road and I had nothing else to think about. I really had no worries in life. And we would get on the RV and just drive, drive to Yellowstone, drive to, I mean, Yellowstone to Yosemite, drive to uh, Redwoods and just go out and go camping and just kind of just, you know, we, hit, we everything we needed was in that RV and then some. 
Um, I think this uh, Europe trip this summer is going to be something that, you know, when I think about my first time in London and my first time in, and my mom was visiting family and my dad was visiting family and it was through a very secretive embassy, which uh, I've spoke about before, which is kind of nuts because the, the wall was still up, the East and West Berlin wall. And I just think about some of that and I think about how much I hated it at first and then I embraced it and thought it was really cool. And then I realized, damn, man, I got to see the world at a young age and we didn't have the kind of money that, you know, you should have, but it was more so like, we got to go see our family. And then you think about the fact that it's a blessing just to be on a plane to go overseas and have a passport. And um, that's something right there. You know, that's, that's definitely, uh, I can't wait to do that. Other than that, man, I really can't think of too many, you know what I mean? My parents are kind of my games and all that shit like that. So I don't know. Good question, Tanya. I can't pronounce your name, but I think it's Aisuke Tanioka writes, Hey Ben, which one of your kids do you think will get married first? Which one last? Appreciate all the focus for your game. Damn. Ryder's a player, right? He's also a lover boy. I don't know if he'll get married first. I think London might get married last. I hope all three find a happy partner and, and have kids. Um, Maybe Kaya, such a cute personality. I don't know. You know, that'd be nice, but it, that's a tough one. I don't think London would be. I, I think it'd be maybe Ryder. I just hope he don't get divorced. You know what I mean? He's, he's such a, he's a little playboy, you know, and, and, and I hope they wait a little bit, but I hope they find some good people. Maybe Kaya, you know, I'm going to be really tough on the guy for sure. Alex Barajas writes, yo, Ben, what's up? This is Joe Barlow from the 562 Long Beach. When are you sending my headphones? Just kidding. I know you're a busy guy. What is your honest opinion on modern day streetwear? I think modern day streetwear is a bite off of original streetwear from the 80s and 90s, even the 2000s. I saw a funny meme yesterday that my boy Paul Middleton wrote. And Paul has been around since day one. Stussy, Adidas, brought Tyler the Creator into Converse and worked at, you know, different brands and he's been around forever worked with supreme since way back in the day and when i think about everything this meme had eddie murphy dan Aykroyd. if you guys ever seen trading places the movie trading places great movie and uh the two old rich white guys and the two old rich white guys represent lvmh eddie murphy represented hip-hop and then dan Aykroyd represent skating and it's just where it is it's like everything's being fucking regurgitated from the 80s and 90s so it's just all a remix and to tell you the truth, the original was better. Sit. Uh, Armin Kermonian writes, Hey Ben, I'm 22, single, just graduated uh, college with bullshit business degree. I just quit my corporate job at a financial tech startup because they were stepping all over me. Now I want to put my 10,000 hours somewhere. I've thought about real estate, insurance, and options, crypto. Obviously, economy just fucked up. My family can't afford to lose what I have saved already. Fucking depressed, trying to kick addiction. And now finally, two months into the gym, how do I find a sense of direction at a time like this? I'm never late. I'm always last to eat. I care about my peoples. I don't stink. Ready to work. All right, let me rewind for one second. That's a lot of shit to deal with, okay? And I'm assuming you're Armenian, Armenian, which is cool. The key thing here, never late. I'm always the last to eat. Bro. I don't know how much longer you could put up with that, especially during a time where you might need to kind of, you know, put yourself first. 
and um, you know you do have a degree. So at least at the very least, maybe you can get a job because people out there don't want to work anymore. Seems like you do. But one thing at a time, bro. Focus on your mental health, dog. Being depressed and kicking addiction, that's two real, real big fucking, you know, walls, mountains that you got to climb over, all right? Think probably kicking addiction might want to be your first, okay? Then after that, work on your mental health and get over the depression. Then from there, you know, again, good thing you're in the gym because at least you're not just sitting around being lazy. But you got to get those priorities straightened out. Get rid of the addiction. Stay healthy. Stay mentally focused. Then from there, figure out what you want to do. Insurance, I don't know. Not really my thing. Options, crypto, maybe on the side and very just, you know, and try to do it as smart as possible. Real estate, everyone in the fucking world is a real estate agent. Everyone else is doing shit. You'd have to really be, I don't know what kind of money you got saved up, but again, once you get all the other shit taken care of and you are happy with yourself, find some sort of opportunity, have some discussions with some friends and come together. If you're just solo dolo, bro, man, I really can't help you at this point because again, you've given me, I can't see anything else besides depression and kick addiction. You got to get past those. From there, I think you have a lot more clarity and a lot more time for you to just be a lot happier. I hope you're all right though, Armin. Uh, Lorenzo Martinez writes, what's up, man? This is low. I'm curious to know if you've always been a morning person or not and when and how did you become one? That underlying trend that I see most successful people is that their sleeping habits and morning routine. I've always been a night out and it's been tough for me to enjoy waking up. Any tips, tricks? Renzo, I have never been a morning person until maybe, I think, once Ryder was like two years old. I've always hated the mornings. I've never looked fucking forward to having a morning fucking you know time. I think that Nicolette is a morning person, even though she could be a late night person as well. When we first started dating, she would always want to do hikes and shit like that. And there's things that I never wanted to do. I only went on hikes because I liked her that much. It's like, I hated doing some of these things, but I did them because of her. And it was crazy. I damn near acted as someone I wasn't fucking who I wasn't. I just was pretending to be somebody else, you know, just because I liked her. But as my kids started going to school, I was taking them to school and it wasn't far. But my mom always said, you know, Waking up late, you're going to be fucking lazy. You know, you're just not successful and people getting waste the day. And even now, it's hard for me to sleep in. Like, me sleeping in is like 8.30 and that's like almost never. Like, literally never. I have to be like on a good three, four month crazy run of four, six hours a night, max sleep. And after like a good three or four months, I might just be in a different country or something and be like, all right, I need to sleep. And then wake up like, oh shit. It's 8.30 in the morning. Um, I feel like I want to attack the day. And um, with intermittent fasting, it's even tougher because I can't really drink except black coffee. So like, you know, if you're not worried about shit like that, you know, coffee does help um, get you started. I think stretching helps a lot too because I'm up at 6, 6.30. You know, the kids are up right there too, ready to attack the day. They're starting to get a little lazy, but I'm not really a night person. If I'm a night person, I'm a night person at the house, right? Which is better than being a night person outside. I just can't really stay up late anymore. And my stay up late is maybe 1230. And again, 
you know, if you have kids, different story, right? You got kids that go to school Monday through Friday. It's kind of hard. You take, you know, go maybe crazy on the weekends, but that's about it, man. I really think that, you know, melatonin maybe, change your lifestyle, bro, change your diet. That's basically what's going to have to, going to have to happen. Matthew Cho writes, hey, Ben, long time, super follow listener. Appreciate the free game you spent. I'm currently in flight training and it's taken a while um, due to working 55, 60 hours a week delivering linens to pay for flying as it's expensive with all the airlines issues and pilot shortages going on. I want to, um, I've been wanting to expedite the process. My question is, should I just take on loans knowing that the first years of working on an airline, I might be able to play it off or do it the way I'm doing now? I know you're big on being smart with credit. I'm 23, living in Diamond, California. I used to live in K-Town and went to Fairfax, K-Town Hustlers. Appreciate it. Looking forward to hearing from you. Um, Matt, 23, bro. It's pretty young, man. I don't know how long it would take for you to get that, but it also depends on how expensive you're talking. 55, 60 hours a week, bro. Dog. This is what I say. There are a lot of pilot shortages out there for sure. It ain't no easy gig. If you can try to get in there and really get in there and for sure know that you get a spot working for an airline. And I'm talking about really going out there and saying like, all right, what are my percentages? If your percentages are like 80, 85% where you know you can get a job with the major airline. Yeah, dog. If your credit's good, take a loan. Fuck it. If you can pay it off. Because working 55, 60 hours a week, bro, you're going to be fucking, by the time you do all that shit, bruh, it might be two, three more years from now, especially if you're ready to do it now. You can get this going. Get it done, bro. Now, if it's a 50-50 thing, I don't know, bro. You might have to kind of do, again, maybe cut your hours down to 40 hours a week and use some of that credit and figure it out just so you can get it going so you have less to pay off later. That's the best thing I'd say. But it, again, don't bank on fucking nothing. Make sure you you know you got something going on. Jacob Kwam writes, is there any advice you can give to your 18-year-old self? What would it be? As an Asian American, it's difficult to talk about mental health with our parents. What are your thoughts on mental health when it comes to yourself or your kids? Um, and this is Jacob Kwan, the dude who be hooking me with the vapes. Man, advice to give my 18-year-old self. How about advice to give my sons? London will be 18 in seven and a half years. I mean, might be a little different because London might have some bread, right? And I think at that point, I just want him to be happy and kind of just do something to keep himself busy at that point. You know, what would he do? Would he go to school? Even though, you know, I'm not a big fan of school. I think he might go there just for structure. Now, as far as you, there's no such thing as talking about mental health with your parents. And I think you come from more traditional household than most. I came from a very traditional Korean household. So it's just not even, it's not up for discussion. To be like, you know what? I'm sad, this and that. Oh, really? Shut the fuck up. I hate to say it. I said the dead honest truth. That's just basically with how the conversation would happen. And if I complain about it anymore, I'd probably get my ass beat. Now, I know that ain't healthy, but that's just reality. And that's just how it is in Korean household. There's just not really a lot of love. And um, when it comes to my kids, you know, there's a lot of love in the house. And they're so loved that they're babied about certain things. But, you know, even when Nick might be mad at me about something, she'll never take it on the kids. She will always constantly give hugs and kisses to London Ryder and Kaya. And, you know, it's, it's difficult. Now, if I was 18 and I had the 50-year-old Ben Baller mentality, I'd be a billionaire just because I have more time. You know what I mean? I'd have 32 years 
or really I'd have 50 years in experience on any other 18-year-old in my realm. And I'd know exactly how to attack somebody, how to take down something, how to get at somebody, how to reach this person, how to reach that person, what I need to do. I would do a bunch of different side hustles, you know, um, but I know you're not talking about that really. You're talking about, you know, health, mental health. I know it sounds crazy, but there is an ad for better help on this episode. Um, I've used them. If that's not good enough for you, I've downplayed counseling in my life and it's bit me in the ass i do think when you talk to somebody who's professional the only thing that sucks is it does cost money and again you have to figure out okay what's better me getting the help i need and again it doesn't go with like three sessions six sessions it takes some sessions to really get therapy to really work and that's the thing with like intermittent fasting right when i first started it i was what 213 you know and um I'm 171 right now. I'm down 42 pounds. And it took eight fucking months to really see it. And all people are like, yo, shit, you're skinny as fuck. But it slowly crept up and then it hit. But I'm happy where I'm at right now. So, you know, my kids ever wanted to see somebody. I wish, you know, I think that London is, has seen a therapist before and it's been good for him. I embrace it, bro. I think you should go do it. I think you should go talk to somebody. I think it'd be important. Good luck, Jacob. Last question of the day. Eric Casillas writes, what's up, BB? Congratulations on everything you do or touch. You're a big inspiration. Um, do you wish you had started earlier in the sport of golf? And only reason why I kept this question is because I've mentioned this several times. Absolutely. Now, I heard a beautiful thing. I forgot it was from Michael Pena. I forgot who it was from. Some Latino actor. And he said he wished he played golf a lot sooner in life. And his dad said, don't worry about it. Golf will always be there for you. And that fucked me up because it made a lot of sense. And who knows? I talk about it all the time. Damn, I wish I played 18. Damn, I wish I was 17. Fuck football, fuck basketball. But I really think in retrospect, when I reflect on my past and how I came up, it really would have changed my entire life. Would I have been good enough to go pro? I don't know, man. I doubt it. Who knows, right? But yeah, definitely I would have got into it sooner. And you know, at the very least, the true regret is maybe not picking it up maybe five years ago. Five years ago would have been a perfect time. That would have been to where I know right now I'd be a low single handicap. Because going from a 28 to a 10, a true 10, right? says I'm a 9.8, but a true 10 because I could still fucking shoot a 90 somewhere. I think going from a 10 to a 5 is twice as hard. And that's what sucks about golf. It's so beautiful at the same time. So yeah, definitely wish I played sooner because I'd be doing more things with it. But again, man, I, I enjoy the process, man. It's been beautiful. And again, guys, that is it for fam questions for this month. Uh, appreciate everybody who participated. I'm going to hit some uh, commercials and we'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When I am the best version of myself, it's when I have time to reflect. When yet you're best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like 
you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. There is no therapeutic without therapy. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash baller today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash baller. So guys, we're back. Uh, fan questions was cool. Um, I really love this episode. Actually, I'm glad I'm just being, you know, slightly vulnerable and, and really showing you the transparency. Uh, it, it has been a really tough time. I can't focus on a lot of things, but uh, I do get some therapy off of doing this show. So this will never stop. You know, there may be breaks here and there, but we're not stopping. All right. This guy, Charleston White, maybe some of you may or may not know who he is. He's just this dude who just talks loud as fuck. He's an old man. He's talking shit about anyone you could fucking think of from WAC 100 to any rapper, blah, blah. He says he doesn't give a fuck. He'll snitch on people. He went to jail. He's just a, he's, he's a clown. But there's a really controversial episode of Million Dollar Ga- Worth of Game with Jay Prince, who is a Houston legend and um, founder of Rapper Lot Records, helped Drake out in his career. He's a very powerful dude. At one point was kind of managing Floyd Mayweather. He's just a, he's a mogul. And there was just some really, you know, distasteful things that he might have said or whatever. I'm not going to get into it. You know, he's, he's a powerful dude, a scary dude. I've known of dude and met him a few times. And um, there's just this big beef between him and Offset and Quavo and this thing with, with Takeoff's death and everything, whatever. And Charleston White wanted to chime in on it. And he always calls people out. He calls people here and there. And you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. This super long rant that he did on Jay Prince was absolutely stupid and ridiculous, but it was fucking hilarious. Like, I, I realized where the comedy is coming from. And so it's just when people go on the internet and talk all tough and everything, there are people who really are. And they say, oh, mo- mo- G's moving silence. Like, Shut the fuck up, bro. You ain't got to be a G to go kill somebody and be dumb and not give a fuck about the repercussions. I don't know. It's just a weird thing. But it's just fucking funny. I don't even know why the fuck I brought it up on the show. Now, as far as shows, can't believe I didn't pick up this show a long time ago. There's a show on, I don't even know what fucking network it is, where it, it originated. I think it's Epics. I'm not sure. But uh, on Amazon Prime, you can watch Godfather of Harlem. And it stars Forrest Whitaker. And, it, and it, it's the life of Bumpy Johnson, who was a drug lord in Harlem. And it's a phenomenal show. There are parts that are kind of like, eh, they could be a little dry here and there. But overall, it is a great show. There's only three seasons. Season three just started. So I went through season one and almost all of season two in the last week, and it's fucking great. Forrest Whitaker is amazing. It shows, you know, crazy times in Harlem when Cassius Clay, before Muhammad Ali, was coming up and becoming a Muslim, and Malcolm X, and, you know, all that. It's just a great show. Don't want to give too much away. BMF finally aired episode six, and I'll be honest with you, it fucking sucked, right? There's like three or four small little scenes that are okay. Other than that, it's like, it's so funny because Lil Meech is out there saying, oh, this is way better than Power. It's not. It's not. Out of all the shit that 50 does, it's my least favorite show, but it's something I look forward to watching just because there's not a lot to watch. Now, obviously, as you know, Full Swing debuted last week. 
I had my, you know, I was skeptical a little bit here and there. I was like, okay, man, is this going to be good? And this going to be this. And, you know, I've watched a lot of golf here and there in most recent times. Full swing is the real fucking deal. Shout out to my agent on the Colin Morikawa episode. I see you, Kip. I see you, Andrew Kipper. It is fucking amazing. Full swing, every episode, one through eight, is fucking amazing. I don't think there was really any bias in there showing certain things. The Brooks uh, Kepka episode was kind of like, eh, it was cool. It was cool to see, you know, more insight on him. And then, you know, you just see how hard golf is. And, you know, you can see why he probably went to live. That's just my speculation. But the Tony Finau episode is what hit me fucking hard. That shit hit me super fucking hard. Like, it is fucking good. I hope there's a season two. I ho- I wish there was fucking 15 episodes. I wish it went on and on. It was great. It was so good. Sahith uh, Thigala, his shit was dope too. The Rory, eh, whatever. Even Ian Poulter was really cool and all that. Uh, speaking of golf, I played really decent at Angeles. I had my boy Popeye with me. And uh, I get on the course, you know, hit the range a little bit, hit 30 balls. Get on the course. I hit my ball almost out of OB. Um, if you ever hit your car, your your ball in any bark, like the you know bark is like there's the area of bark and hazard, you get a free drop. So hole one is 402 yards from the tips. I hit my three wood about two, no, about 198 actually, and it went to the right because it kind of hooked. So I had 205 to the pin. And it was crazy. It took on my hybrid and I probably had one of the best hybrid swings I've ever had. I've probably had even some really good ones, but not from 205. And it went straight at it. And right then and there it was on. I probably had three of the best shots I've ever had. I had Popeye with me. We're talking, getting so I wasn't super focused. And then on the back nine, I went to fucking work. Birdies and pars. It was it was one of my better rounds. And um, we went over the course, showing where we're going to put banners, where we're going to put the tents, where we're going to put the Rolls Royce. We have catering coming in, big announcement coming in, by the way. There's going to be some fucking amazing bags. Michelob's going to do some dope shit. I'm really excited. Guys, we are nine weeks away today from the Washlord Invitational. It is going to be fucking amazing. It is going to be fucking awesome. Now, I was supposed to go to the Genesis on Wednesday. And um, I didn't end up going, which fucking sucks because I really do want, I really wanted to go. And um, I'm not sorry, on Wednesday I wanted to go to the pro but I just didn't go. And then I wanted to go to the first day on Thursday, couldn't, you know, I've been dealing with just, I had to help my wife with the family and stuff. And Wednesday night I got invited by the USGA to check out the US Open's uh, clothing line. And um, it was fucking amazing. It was literally amazing. And, and it was the fact that the USGA and the US Open had reached out to just maybe possibly talk about a partnership was fucking awesome. You know, that's just like to get, you know, behind the scene passes, whatever, and this and that. And it's not even about a monetary thing. It's just like, it's just the fact that you can go do something cool with these guys. And that's the thing what people don't understand. It's not always a money thing. There's a lot of shit you do for clubs, you do for other stuff, you do this. And it's like when you partner with the USGA, there is no money involved people are paying them, you know? And so I missed the Genesis. When I came back, I was planning on going to the final day, obviously. 
at Genesis and go to Riviera. But I just had too much shit to do with the kids had a birthday party and I just couldn't go. So gotta say congrats to John Rahm, my partner at the Farmers Pro-Am. He is number one in the fucking world now. Cannot believe I got to play a Pro-Am with dude. He's cool. Follow me on Instagram. We follow each other. And, uh, you know, I'll hit Riviera next year. It's fucking dope, man. NBA All-Star. Didn't care. I turned it, had it on the background while I was breaking cards and shit. It just, it just was whack. Celebrity game was whatever. DK Metcalf went fucking crazy, by the way. But other than that, I was like, eh. Dunk contest, though, I can't front. That shit was lit. Mac McClung, who I've always been a fan of. I've talked about it on fucking my boy Cuffs the Legend show. This motherfucking white boy got ups. He got crazy boosties. He was doing some. That one angle of him doing that 540 was just crazy. It was fucking nuts. Other than that, guys, man, look. Gave you guys well over an hour episode today. And um, again, sorry, man. I, you know, I have been really trying to just get past all this. It's tough to manage your personal life and, and also give you guys a good show every week and also give you part three and still manage my personal life. But yeah, man, that's just what it is, man. And uh, had a great time in Arizona. So I got to thank the Carlins again for that. But guys, we'll have a great episode next week. And, uh, you know, I'll be in San Francisco until... Um, you know, next week, then I'll be somewhere else after that, which I won't disclose. But pretty much the next five weeks, I just won't be around. Just kind of getting set up with uh, doing different things, man. All right. So listen, man, have a great week. I may try to squeeze in a quick 20 minute little, you know, fast little quick thing to just just show you guys, you know, what's going on. But um, pretty much, you know, we got baller breaks this week. And then, uh, just taking a little time to focus on things. So it'll be a lot of free game. Maybe throw on, uh, like I said, uh, a subscriber. And by the way, guys, a giveaway is coming soon. I should be shadow, my, my shadow ban should be taken off by this coming weekend. So by one week from today, I'll be accepting subscribers on Instagram again and we'll get shit popping. And again, I cannot express how grateful I am for the BTB Army. Thank you appreciate the subscribers anyone who's been supporting me and just hang on you know i've been through you know obstacles and 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 adversity and shit like that we're gonna get through this i'm gonna get through this i'm just hoping you guys have a little more patience and again yeah you know i hope you guys enjoyed the show today all right that's my man lakey lake taking us out of here peace y'all